In today's show, I'll be breaking down the latest Bitcoin technical analysis as Bitcoin recaptured 52,000 and quoting Ed Snowden in a brand new tweet, unpopular but true, Bitcoin is the most significant monetary advance since the creation of coinage. If you don't believe me or don't get it, I don't have time to try to convince you. Sorry. Now, Cantor Fitzgerald CEO Howard Lutnick says, I'm a fan of crypto, but let's be very specific. Bitcoin, just Bitcoin. He says, if you want to freeze Tether, you call the Justice Department. If you want to freeze Ethereum, you call Joe Lubin. There's no one to call with Bitcoin. Facts. And quoting the high priest of Bitcoin, Max Kaiser, you don't change Bitcoin. Bitcoin changes you. Nothing stops Bitcoin's vector. Money existed before the state. Bitcoin separates money from the state. Bitcoin kills the state and the Bitcoin ETFs have zero impact. Also in today's show, rich dad Robert Kiyosaki expects Bitcoin to take off and foresees gold crashing to $1,200. You hear that, Peter Schiff? Also, Dave Portnoy regrets selling Bitcoin and wishes that Barstool invested $10 million in the King Crypto. We'll also be discussing Bitcoin ETS post $2.2 billion worth of net inflows in just a week, as well as Bitcoin. Will it hit turbulence? We're going to be discussing the calm before the storm approaching the six figure price discovery mode. And speaking of six figures, also $150,000 Bitcoin price incoming predicts hedge fund veteran Mark Yusko. I'll be sharing his exact timeline. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this plus so much more in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Welcome, everyone, to pod episode 1555, the number one daily Bitcoin pod. Important to smash the subscribe to receive daily premium crypto news alerts every day, just like this. Also equally important to smash the like to help pump the stream as it helps out tremendously with the YouTube algorithm. Also turn on all notifications. That way you get notified each and every day when I go live as the time I go live varies from day to day. For example, I'll be going live extra early tomorrow. Uh, so just FYI. But nonetheless, yes, today is pod. Uh, number 1555. I'm your host, JV, and today is February 18th, 2024. Happy Sunday, fun day, JV, live and in the flesh, preaching the holy gospel of Satoshi. Bitcoin recaptured uh, 50 $2,000 on Coin360. So let's do our market watch, as you can see here. Bitcoin up 1% on the day. Cardano up 6%. Ether almost trading at 2,900. So Ether's been on a tear as well. Matic uh, approaching a dollar up 6.3%. Uh, and overall, the altcoins are crushing it right now. And checking out coinmarketcap.com, the current crypto market cap, just shy of 2 trillion, sitting at 1.96 trillion. The all-time high is roughly 3 trillion, so we're slowly approaching family. Now, 24-hour volume is roughly 59 billion, and the Bitcoin dominance is back on the decline at 51.9%. Yesterday was like 52.4%. And the Ether dominance is at 17.4%, gaining a little momentum. And checking out the top 100 crypto game, for the past 24 hours, WorldCoin up 25%, the Graph up 22%, and BitTorrent up 13.5%. Below that, we got Immutable, Ronin, Beam, Wu, Hedera, Jupiter, Near Protocol, Polygon, Say, Injective, Cardano, and Blur. Now, which altcoins are you most bullish on, family, for this particular bull run, 2024-2025? 
Holla at your boy. And checking out the crypto bubbles to get a visual perspective. You can see the top 100 cryptos. Virtually everything minus maybe four or five, just a handful in the red. So the alts are on a tear right now. Impressive gains across the board. And zooming out on the monthly, even more impressive gains with some of these alts up literally over 100% such as WLD and Tau. And Stacks has been crushing as well, 69%, IMX 81%, Pith 78%, and Beam 59%. And checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, yesterday was a 76 in Extreme Greed, today we're back down at a 72 Greed, last week was a 71, and last month a 51 Neutral. Now, my favorite metric to be staring at every day leading into the halving is Bitcoin halving clock, scheduled to take place 58 days, less than two months out, fam, with the scheduled having estimated date to be April 17th. If you're pretty ecstatic for the Bitcoin having, holla at your boy. And do you think we'll continue marching towards price discovery as we get closer and closer to the happening? And how many of you think we'll hit price discovery, which is ultimately 69,000 and above? And how many of you think we could potentially hit six figures, 100,000 or above at the time of the Bitcoin having? But anyways, let's dive into today's Bitcoin technical analysis. Check out the charts with the Bitcoin price action is likely to go next. Here you go. Bitcoin price dices with 52,000 as the CME Bitcoin futures open interest hits a record 6.8 billion. That's right. Bitcoin returned to the center of an intraday trading range into the February 18th weekly close as the bulls profited from weekend trading. Where my Bitcoin bulls at? make some noise, pump the lights to pump the stream. Uh, data from TradingView show 52,000 acting as a focal point for Bitcoin price consolidation, precisely where we're at too at the time of this live stream. Now a swift rebound added nearly 1,500 in the hours that followed. However, at this time, the lows had not been seen for a fresh recess. Well, uh, that's right. Yesterday we were correcting some. We were in the 50s and now we're right back where we left off. Analyzing the week's action, we have SKU flagged a change in trader behavior in the latter half of the Wall Street trading week. Stop buying, he revealed. Uh, had subside toward the weekend with mostly taker-driven dips and bounces since. So far, seeing some spot buyers return here with Binance Spot leading, as he shares here on X. Let me know if you agree or disagree. Meanwhile, uh, Burgoyne open interest on CME Group's Bitcoin futures hitting a record $6.8 was indicative of volatility to come. Precisely what we're witnessing, volatility, and expect more leading into the halving as every cycle around this time, extreme volatility which means life force. Discussing open interest more broadly, popular trader Dan Crypto Trades noted a divergence when it was denominated into Bitcoin. Quoting him here, this 100% plus rally from October has been healthy in terms of leverage, in my opinion. Funding has mostly kept its neutral rate and open interested denominated in Bitcoin is lower. In USD value, of course, it has gone up during the same time as the underlying asset went up in value. Now for the key price weekly close levels for Bitcoin to emerge. Sku said the bulls needed to preserve upward momentum into Bitcoin's RSI and the four-hour timeframes into the weekly close, which we're going to get probably here in a few hours, being it is going on Sunday evening, right now Sunday afternoon, depending upon where you live. Now, the 21-day exponential moving average is currently at 51.5, which is also an important indicator. We're currently above. So in terms of spot flows around 52 and 53, notable spot selling into the bounces, which is often the case with profit-taking. Key from here with the current uptrend is seeing sufficient spot demand on the dips, mostly 
seen as absorption at the lows where limit buying outweighs taker selling. Now, he also tweeted here, Bit this is Matthew Highland, Bitcoin weekly closed above 49 and it is bullish. Closed below and 44 comes into play. Well, we're clearly closing above 49. We're probably going to close at 52 or above, if not 52, and we dump in the next, you know, it's still going to be well above 49. So either way, onwards and upwards entering this coming week. Now, quoting legendary Edward Snowden, unpopular but true. Bitcoin is the most significant monetary advance since the creation of coinage. If you don't believe me or don't get it, I don't have time to try to convince you. Sorry. Very powerful words coming from someone I dearly respect. And also, Cantor Fitzgerald, who Max Kaiser was orange pilling just the other day with Bukele, hence why it was the feature story of the, sh the podcast a couple of days ago and why I featured him on the thumbnail. This guy, Howard Lutnick, multi-billionaire. I am a fan of crypto, but let's be very specific. Bitcoin, just Bitcoin. If you want to freeze Tether, you can just call the Justice Department. If you want to freeze Ethereum, you just call Joe Lubin. There is no one to call with Bitcoin. That's right. There are no attack vectors, which separates it from everything else and is truly decentralized. Now, quoting Max Kaiser in regards to this dude over here, who is ultimately speaking doom and gloom and how the, the, the spot ETF is like, you know, very bad for Bitcoin and ultimately is what he's saying. Max responded, you don't change Bitcoin. Bitcoin changes you. This guy thinks his opinion matters. It doesn't. Nothing stops Bitcoin's vector. Money existed before the state. Bitcoin separates money from the state and Bitcoin kills the state. Bitcoin ETFs have zero impact. And quoting another analyst, Titan of Crypto says Bitcoin at 61,000 is imminent. If the ABCD pattern were to play out, Bitcoin would reach 61,000 sooner than many expect, as detailed right here on this chart. And quoting analyst Mikhail Bande Pop, Bitcoin consolidating at 52,000 with the total market cap of 1.9 trillion, almost 2 trillion. The upside looks relatively capped for Bitcoin. My overall thesis is a continuation of 54 to 58, then a consolidation and broader correction. After that, rotation towards the alts. So let me know your thoughts on this prediction. When are you feeling we're going to hit his target between 54 and 58? Do you think that will likely be this week or sometime here in February? Let me know. Anyways, fam, a lot to cover. Let's dive into our next story of the day and discuss a gold crash. That's right. Robert Kiyosaki, rich dad, expects Bitcoin to take off, but foresees gold crashing below $1,200 an ounce. You hear that, Peter Schiff? Check it. Uh, yeah, and, and shout out to Rich Dad, by the way. On Wednesday, Kiyosaki shared uh, a question by Andy Schechtman, CEO of Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments, and a frequent guest on the Rich Dad show. Andy asked a very important question. Who is going to buy U.S. bonds? Rich Dad wrote, Banks are buying gold, not U.S. debt. How will America run without money? How will the world run without money? What will the world do? And here's what Kiyosaki shared. Gold is going to crash probably below $1,200. Silver will take off as will Bitcoin. And let me know if you agree with that sentiment. He's ultimately more bullish, obviously, on silver and Bitcoin and not on gold, but he is a long-term, you know, uh, Bitcoin, not just Bitcoin, but obviously gold and silver advocate. He's been preaching about that for decades. I've been reading his books for decades, uh, from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, the Cash Flow series and all that good stuff. But anyways, Rich Dad on Monday commented on how some financial advisors are now offering spot Bitcoin ETFs to their clients, quoting him here. Finally, a few financial planners are recommending investing in gold, silver, and Bitcoin. Why have financial planners not recommended investing in hard assets earlier? That's the million-dollar question. They're decades 
behind, really, answering his own question. He detailed dollars, money, baby, commissions. Gold has beaten the S&P for decades. The S&P is about to crash by 70%. Now, that's a pretty bold prediction. Let me know if you agree. Do you think the S&P will crash by 70%? He says, don't be a loser. Choose your financial advisors carefully. Sage advice, as they're not all created equal, family. Most of them are completely ignorant of Bitcoin. I know from firsthand experience. Now prepare for the biggest crash in history, a crash I forecasted in my book, Rich Dad's Prophecy, years ago. So a big mega crash is incoming. Let me know if you agree with that sentiment. Now on Thursday, Kiyosaki slammed the Fed on X. Kudos to him. Sick and tired of hearing experts ask, what's the Fed doing? The Fed is the motherfucking problem. And yes, JV paraphrases from time to time when I feel it's necessary, just FYI. The Fed is a criminal motherfucking organization. The Fed has destroyed the economy, made the poor and middle class more poor, and bailed out their rich banking friends. Wake the fuck up. Pay less attention to what the Fed is saying and what the Fed is doing. And again, the Fed is a criminal organization. I repeat, the Fed is a criminal mother freaking organization. Let me know if you agree. Despite expecting the price of gold to crash, the renowned author stressed the following. Rather than trust the Fed, I prefer to trust gold, silver, and Bitcoin. Now here's JV's version. Never trust the Fed. The only thing I trust. Bitcoin and God. Now, last month, Kiyosaki warned investors about the U.S. government's ballooning debt, urging them to buy biddies. He recently explained why he owns Bitcoin, emphasizing that the crypto protects against the theft of our wealth via our money. And following the approval of the spot Bitcoin ETFs, the famous author revealed that he increased his Bitcoin holdings. Respect. He believes Bitcoin will soon hit 150,000, which is the title of today's podcast. So many analysts are anticipating this 150 G's, baby. Send it. Advising investors to pay attention to the upcoming Bitcoin halving. All eyes on halving, family. So there you go. But now let's dive into our next story of the day. We all know Dave Portnoy. How many of you have ever watched his pizza reviews? One bite. You all know the rules. 30 bites later. 6.7 classic. But anyways, Dave Portnoy regrets selling his Bitcoin and wishes Barstool invested $10 million in the King Crypto. That's right, Barstool Sports creator and owner of Davey Day Trader Global, Dave Portnoy, Mr. Paper Hands himself, admitted he made a serious mistake by selling his Bitcoin in a video he posted on X on Friday. As he watched Bitcoin climb above 52000 he stressed repeatedly, damn it, I f myself with Bitcoin emphasizing, I'll never get over what I've done with Bitcoin. Just a total debacle. Barstool should have owned Bitcoin. The second I got Barstool back, I should have bought like 10 million of Bitcoin. I'm mad at myself about Bitcoin. I should be up like 75% in Bitcoin. I should be up $750,000 in Bitcoin. And even Sailor wrote here, hey, uh, Portnoy, everybody knows the rules. Number one, you buy Bitcoin. And number two, you don't sell your Bitcoin. It's so freaking easy, the rules, that some people, it's just impossible for them to follow it. It's ironic, but real at the same time. Barstool Sports, the digital media company owned by Portnoy, was sold to Penn Entertainment in February last year. I believe that was a multi-hundred million dollar deal, by the way. However, in August, Portnoy announced that Penn ended its relationship with Barstool and have the vested ownership of the company back to him. Portnoy's Bitcoin sparked numerous comments with many encouraging him to buy now as they believe Bitcoin has further room to grow. MicroStrategy's pro-Bitcoin chairman, Mr. Saylor, chimed in on Portnoy's Bitcoin 
and lament, responding with the message, everybody gets Bitcoin at the price they deserve. And he also echoed, uh, echoed Portnoy's signature, everybody knows the rules, phrase from his Barstool Pizza reviews with his Bitcoin twist. Everyone knows the rules. As I mentioned, number one, you just buy the Bitcoin and number two, you never sell. And he followed up with an encouraging message. It is never too late to buy Bitcoin my friend. And clarifying his Bitcoin sale, Portnoy responded to Sailor, for the record, I didn't mean to sell it. Sure, buddy. I didn't want to lose it when FTX collapsed, so I was testing to make sure my exchange was liquid and forgot to switch it back. Whatever you tell yourself at night to sleep, Mr. Portnoy. Portnoy entered the crypto scene in August of 2020 when he sat down with the founders of the Gemini Exchange. It seemed like yesterday. You guys remember that video? The Winklevoss twins visited Dave and they talked about it, who walked him through buying his first Bitcoin. So the Barstool's founder later sold his Bitcoin, but re-entered the market in February of 2022, acquiring 29 Bitcoin for roughly 1 million. The crypto exchange FTX then collapsed in November of 2022. So there you have it, Mr. Paper Hands himself, Dave Portnoy. You can learn a lesson from that. Just hodl your Bitcoin and don't sell and you'll have no regret. Buy and hodl the Bitcoin, but trade the alts. Doug says, tired of all the other crypto YouTubers and drama. CNA is the main source now. Let's go. That's why I give memberships only on here. Let's get JV a million subs. Share with friends and get them to sub. Greatest super comment I've ever seen in my life. A massive shout out to Doug. Greatly appreciate that. And I'm very humbled. Thank you family. Appreciate it. Let's go. I suspect a common man, woman, FOMO will begin around 90 to 100,000. I agree with that sentiment. The FOMO kicks in to me when we enter price discovery. So around 70,000, you're going to see unprecedented FOMO. We hit 100,000. That's when you'll see like the Peter Schiff's of the world start capitulating and just be like, ah, better late than never. But anyways, family, now let's discuss these ETF inflows, which are killing the game right now at unprecedented levels, 2.2 billion worth of net inflows in a week. And this thing may pick up. They're saying it's a, uh, uh, like a snowball effect going on right now. Bitcoin ETFs had another strong week with net inflows surpassing 2.2 billion from February 12th to the 16th. According to Eric Valchunez, the combined volume was higher than the inflows received by any other amongst the 3,400 ETFs available in the US. BlackRock's iShares Bitcoin Trust received the majority of the capital, amassing positive flows of 1.6 billion over the week. According to BitMEX Research, iBit alone has taken in 5.2 billion year to date, which is 50% of BlackRock's total net ETF inflows out of 417 ETFs winning. And amongst the spot Bitcoin ETF holdings, billions of dollars in assets from Fidelity's Wise Origin Bitcoin Fund saw significant inflows, attracting $648 million over the last five trading sessions. Also, ARC21 shares Bitcoin ETF garnered $405 million during that same period, while the Bitwise Bitcoin ETF pulled $232 million in capital inflows. Outflows from the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust are hampering the combined performance of the other newly approved spot Bitcoin ETFs. The Fund saw $624 million in withdrawals from February 12th to the 16th as investors continue to sell since its conversion from an over-the-counter product to a spot ETF on January 10th. Grayscale's fund has seen over $7 billion in capital outflows. And the good news, the outflows are drying up, and now the inflows are clearly outpacing those outflows, hence why we're pump, pump, pumping it up. 
And here you can see the ETFs flowing from the 12th to the 16th, as per Bloomberg Intelligence analyst Eric Balchunas. The ETFs are believed to be one of the factors driving the Bitcoin's recent price gains. Bitcoin is up 91% in the past four months. So congratulations to all my Bitcoin hodlers, supported by market sentiment surrounding the approval of the Bitcoin ETFs by the U.S. SEC, which forced their hand when they had that grayscale lawsuit and lost. That's why Gary said they had to approve the ETF. And during the week, Bitcoin gained nearly 7% and is trading at this time at roughly 52,000. Major banks and financial institutions are also taking notice of the new ETFs in a February 14th letter on Valentine's Day. A trade group coalition representing Wall Street's biggest firms requested the SEC to consider modifications to their staff accounting bulletin 121, providing guidance around accounting for crypto asset custody obligations. The revision would allow the banks to act as custodians of the Bitcoin funds. So the banks are like, yo, why are we letting custodians such as Coinbase hold all the Bitcoin? Not your keys, not your coins. We don't want to be left behind. So it seems they're becoming a little smarter by the day. And uh, welcome central bankers and welcome Wall Street to the King Crypto. Pump the likes. Uh, shout out to Doug, another one. If we're all watching this live right now, then we have some friends and family in crypto as well. Share JV's live stream to them in your contacts. Do your part and get him to 1 million subs. Doug, uh, appreciate you, brother. I couldn't agree more. And appreciate all that level of support. That's as simple as it is. If everyone actually did share the podcast, we would get to a million subs, like light speed, and we'd help pump the Bitcoin price to where it belongs. The true value of Bitcoin right now is closer to 400, 500,000, not this 51,000 BS, if you know what I mean. Add a zero to the end of that price action. That's the true intrinsic value of Bitcoin fair value right now in JV's opinion. What do you guys think? I think 51,000 is way too low for comparing it to Fiat Ponzi scheme tulip bulb trash, if you know what I mean. So add a zero already. Let's go. But anyways, fam, we still got a lot to cover. Let's dive into our next story of the day. We discussed the latest with the unprecedented ETF inflows. Now let's discuss a little bit of turbulence before we hit that 150,000 target. And then we'll get deeper into Mark Yusko's 150,000 target along with his timeline. So the recent surge of the Bitcoin price pushing Bitcoin past 52,000 has ignited a wave of optimism within the crypto community. Visions of a six-figure future dance in investors' heads with some analysts even proposing 160,000. 150 target. Now, you also know we're going to be dancing here in Puerto Rico at our fiesta when Bitcoin smashes 100,000. How many of you are going to be joining the fiesta holla? Now, prominent analyst Mikhail Bende Pop, who we share commonly here on the show, predicts a potential 40% price correction before Bitcoin embarks on its ascent to glory. Uh, Pope's prediction hinges on the notion of market sentiment overshooting reality. He argues that emotions often drive the prices to unsustainable heights, creating ripe conditions for a pullback. Quoting him here, sentiment is always a wrong indicator, he emphasizes, highlighting the tendency of overly optimistic projections to fuel price bubbles. He points to the recent rally and subsequent dip as prime example, reminding investors that emotions always exceed reality and sentiment overshoots the price action. By a mile, quoting the analyst here, Bitcoin rallies to 50,000 and higher. Are we going to see 100,000 in the next few months? Great question. What are your thoughts? The ultimate question is what the price of Bitcoin is going to do in the upcoming period. The inflow has netted more than 2 billion in a week. Yes, right. What can we expect 
with Bitcoin, and let's open this up and continue. The price of Bitcoin has been accelerating prior to the ETF, a rally from 25 to 49,000 already taken place. Since then, the sentiment quickly shifted towards an ultra negative sentiment, indicating the markets had to go down to 30,000 due to the outflow of GBTC. That's right, we hit 49,000 after the approval of the ETF, and then we were down to 38,000 within days later. Hence why we've been telling you guys, expect more continued volatility. However, markets reversed from 39, indicating the massive interest in the Bitcoin ETFs, resulting into a peak at 53,000 in a constant inflow. So what does that mean to us? Number one, according to the analyst, sentiment is always a wrong indicator. This remains to be valid. Here are a few examples of the recent sentiment. Prior to the ETF approval, rumors of a potential new all-time high of Bitcoin to be reached were stronger and stronger. Ultimately, the potential approval itself was an indication of potential strength of the markets, resulting into the rally from 25 to 49,000. However, the strength of the markets was also reflected in the actual price action, but sentiment always overshoots as emotions are reflected into scenarios, hence why emotions have a bad impact on trading investing. The second example was the actual correction from 49 to 39,000, resulting into a negative sentiment. Why? Outflow on GBTC had been taking place, and as a result, the expectations were that if this outflow was going to have a continuous negative impact on the markets, resulting into a wider correction, and again, an example of sentiment over exceeding the reality. The third example is the current momentum. The markets are seeing a tremendous amount of interest into the markets based on the inflow of the spot ETFs. However, does that mean that the interest is going to remain continuous? What if the interest is slowing down or the outflow from grayscale increases or other macroeconomic impacts are going to have an impact? Emotions always exceed reality and sentiment overshoots the price action by a mile. That's why people start to lose money. Markets are pricing in events at all time, whether you like it or not. And number two, what should your game plan if you want to invest into Bitcoin. Here's what he has to share. A relatively strict and simple game plan. You should divide two things when it comes to game plans. Number one, trading or swing trading purposes. Ultimately, a trade is defined on the horizon that you're looking to hold the asset. And if your horizon is relatively short, then it might not be plus EV to buy an asset that appreciated 35% in 10 days. Same goes for swing traded purposes. Why is that? Well, let's assume that the risk of a correction have increased. If you think that a correction of 45,000 has a chance of 30 to 35% and a potential upwards push to 60,000 has a 60% chance, it might be EV to actually take the trade. Now, if markets crack from 55 to 46 and are seeing a 20% correction, those odds of an upward move and downwards continuous correction are flipping more in favor of a long. That's the methodology you should be using when it comes to trading. Investing purposes, that basically comes down to your risk appetite. And again, horizon. If you want to start investing, I would suggest to wait for a standard 20 to 40% correction on Bitcoin to happen. You'll tackle a few important points, buying the correction and being able to control those emotions. However, if your horizon is two to three years from now and you suspect to see Bitcoin at 150,000 plus, preach in that window, then there is no big issue starting to scale at these current prices. I agree with that sentiment 1000%. Once again, there is more confirmation to enter the markets in a correction than in an upward push. And number three, what are the expectations? Honestly, I think the moment that the macroeconomic events are slightly negative, it would suggest that we're going to see a correction. This can also be the case where the inflow is 
decreasing or any other factor, remind yourself that there are more parties involved in the market outside of the ETF who would be selling, leading to a switch in sentiment and therefore a substantial correction. Those corrections with the current sentiment are going to be swift. I don't know exactly from where this will happen, but given the data, it's reasonable to suspect that the markets are peaking between 53 and 58,000 and are getting a 20 to 40% correction from there. Whether it's going to be in the coming weeks or whether it's in March, I don't know. What I do know is that the markets are moving organic and do have those corrections despite the overall sentiment. So there you have it. I know that was a mouthful, but shout out Macau Band Pop. Let me know if you can foresee a 40% correction anytime soon. And what are your thoughts with some of that investment advice? For those of you with long-term horizon, it's irrelevant if you're buying at 50,000, 55,000, or whatever the current price is, you're in this for the long haul. But if you're looking to do some short-term trading, then naturally it would always make sense to buy the dip. Just note, you may be waiting for the dip and that dip may never come and you may end up paying more for your biddies. So that's the risk. Let me know your thoughts. Now let's dive into our featured story of the day and discuss 150,000 per Bitcoin incoming send it predicts hedge fund veteran mark yusko i'm going to be sharing his exact timeline and welcome everyone just joining the stream we greatly appreciate y'all support ceo and founder of morgan creek capital mark yusko says the bitcoin bull market just getting started. In a new interview with the Wolf of All Streets YouTube channel, uh, Scott Melker, Yusko says the Bitcoin could hit the six-figure price by mid-next year, a figure he notes will double Bitcoin's fair value. And according to Yusko, the fair value of Bitcoin is estimated based on its network effects or the number of the Bitcoin users and miners. And I want to stop there. According to Max Kaiser, the fair value of Bitcoin right now is over $400,000 per coin. And I agree with that because where else are you going to find unconfiscatable wealth that is incorruptible, immutable, and borderless? Good luck with that one. And with a finite limited supply, hence why it's perfect money, but quoting Yusko, it is possible the Bitcoin's fair value goes to 75 or 80,000 this bull cycle. But let's just say 75,000. So then the investors have been buying all this time up to the fair value. Now we have new people, we have traders, we have speculators. Because the hedgers are selling, the gamblers haven't even shown up yet. Once they show up and once the leverage starts, then we go right through the fair value, right past 75,000. And in history, we go to 2.3x. I don't think we'll go 2.3 times this cycle because I think there's less leverage. I think we go 2x fair value, and that's $150,000. So sometime between Thanksgiving this year and June of the following year, that's when we'll see new all-time highs. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the veteran investor. The hedge fund vet, however, says the Bitcoin and other crypto assets are likely to undergo a severe correction between now and the new all-time high for BTC. Quoting him again, we haven't even gotten to crypto fall. That doesn't happen till June. The halving is still yet to come and we have one more, let's call it SpaceX-like explosion that was planned after the Ides of March before tax season this year. There is one more selling wave that's a coming. Let me know if you agree or disagree with his prediction and to watch the video he did with the Wolf of Wall Streets. Check the show notes below the video in the description. Now, let's discuss realistically where Bitcoin is likely heading this year in 2024. Personally, I see price discovery, no-brainer, easy, 
peasy. Price discovery means new all-time high. The current all-time high, we tapped back on November 10th of 2021, which was roughly $69,000, which was the year after the halving of 2020. And rewinding back in time, the first Bitcoin halving to ever occur was 2012, and it was in 2013. Massive parabolic rise, thousands of percentage, like crazy, right? Now, in 2016, we had the second halving, and again, it was the year preceding the halving. In 2017, we peaked out, hit the all-time high around Christmas time. I remember because I rented a house or a mansion, I should say, for my family at this time, and it was pretty lit. And I remember, oh my God, Bitcoin is at $20,000. This is crazy because when I got involved in 2017, Bitcoin was only $1,500. So it was mind-boggling to me to see Bitcoin run up like that. Then, lo and behold, in 2020, like clockwork, next halving. And by the time of 2021, we hit the all-time high. And I recall going from less than 20,000 to 69,000 within 60 days. So I know how fast Bitcoin can rip when that time comes and the FOMO kicks in. What's different this particular cycle that we didn't have previous cycles. Uh, Number one, you didn't have no ETFs. The ETFs just got approved and started trading uh, January 11th, roughly a month ago. And right now the demand for the ETFs is eating up 12.5X, the daily issuance being rewarded to the miners. Soon in 58 days, we get a Bitcoin halvening. The miner rewards get chopped in half. That's gonna be 25X the demand just from the top two asset managers with ETFs. That doesn't include the other nine ETFs. That doesn't include the Hong Kong ETF, which is going to be launched soon. That doesn't include the ETF, which we're going to see out of El Salvador or any other ETFs from any of the uh, other nations. You know what I mean? That doesn't include sovereign wealth fund adoption. We already have talk of potentially Qatar converting a half a trillion sovereign wealth fund into the king crypto. What do you think that would do to the Bitcoin price? What about Saudi Arabia, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, one of the wealthiest nations, right? They have the largest oil company in the world, recently partnered with the largest bank of Japan, SBI Holdings. They're getting into digital assets. This doesn't uh, add into the picture the fact that we could have more nation-state adoption, very probable this year. It could be coming from countries like Colombia, which has a population of 40 million. Did you know the president of Colombia is already a Bitcoiner? I know this for fact because I saw the receipts. I've shared the receipts here on the show. Samson Mao of Jan 3 orange pilled the president of Colombia and gifted him 100,000 Satoshis on a hardware wallet. So the president is a Bitcoiner, right? Does that include, what about Senator uh, Indira Kempis in Mexico? What if Mexico were to convert and you know turn Bitcoin into a legal tender? Suriname, another nation uh, just north of Brazil, small nation, 750,000 population. They're looking to take 1% of their central bank reserves and put it into Bitcoin. How many other countries, nation states, are going to follow in the footprints of Bukele and El Salvador? All this has to be taken into consideration. One more big factor, supply shock. Very limited number of Bitcoin on the exchanges. The massive institutions that need this Bitcoin for their ETF, they're gonna run dry. And when they run dry, it means 80% of the Bitcoin holdings are in the hands of the long-term hodlers who are unwilling to sell people like you and I. 
which means the price is going to have to go up in order for them to acquire more Bitcoin. This is going to create a supply shock and a demand shock in the same year in 2024. Shout out, Mr. Fix. I appreciate you subbing to the number one daily Bitcoin pod. There's just so many bullish catalysts and there's other things that I'm probably missing. This is just off the top of the head, freestyle style, if you know what I mean. So I couldn't be more bullish right now. In my humble uh, belief, six figures this year, a very strong possibility. But I am still a firm believer that it's going to be the year preceding the halving in uh, 2025, in this case, where we hit the cycle peak. I can see a multiple six-figure Bitcoin price. JV's prediction is anywhere between $222,000 and $500,000 per Bitcoin, with 222,000 being my more bearish scenario and 500 being the more bullish scenario. But let me know your thoughts, family, in the live chat, and I'll read these comments out loud. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in our live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. HODL!